0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the ZB Pirate with a new podcast, The Exhausted Educator. Guys, let's be honest: education's taking a hit right now. A lot of us are exhausted. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about what we can do to find a solution going forward for our teachers that will ultimately benefit our students. and gentlemen. My name is Silas Knowles, the ZB Pirate. This is episode two of the exhausted educators coming back at you with more, it, more problem solving, more people. How will we can do to solve the issue of just the extreme exhaustion of educators in the classroom? We've seen people leave the classroom. We've seen people want to resign from the classroom and leave our students where, you know, we need to keep our students here. We need to keep our, not our students, excuse me, our teachers here for our students to make sure that they are there and they're are, they're happy, they're learning and engaged and have people to have relationships with and everything else. So, I brought what I term the Barry White of education, <laughs> his voice is so silky smooth. This is Mr. Vernon Wright, at the Wright Leader. You can follow him on Twitter, Mr. Wright, Mr. Vernon Wright, how are you doing today?
1: Well, uh, let me go ahead and say, certainly, if I were Barry White uh, or some semblance thereof, I would be looking for my bank account to resemble that as well. But uh, certainly, I take that as quite the honor. I
0: really just want want to point out, as I said, he is the Barry White. He pulls the microphone up so close like hey baby how you doing what's going yeah. on with education yeah, you, you gotta know? make sure
1: you got to make sure the message is coming through nice and clear <laughs> and, uh, make sure that they're they're plugged into what's happening right exactly and uh, of course is is Silas share. the name is Vernon Wright and as I tell people uh, quite often unless someone changed it on the birth certificate and they didn't tell me uh, of course that's right with a w w r i g h t And I got teased about that for many, many, many years when I was, especially when I was growing up as a kid. Well, if your last name is right, you must be right about everything. Right. And uh, and so uh, going through time uh, as a kid and then, of course, into adulthood, go through different phases. And then I got to a certain point in my life where I said, you know what, Um, I think there's an opportunity to take this right thing and really leverage it. And so uh, God gave me the idea on that, and that's really how uh, The Right Leader was born. And so that's at sign, the, T-H-E, some, some of you may say the, uh, right, W-R-I-G-H-T, leader, L-E-A-D-E-R, across all socials, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, what have you. But simply, if you say, hey, Vern, I want to connect with everything that you're doing, just simply go to rightleader.com. And uh, you will see a lot of those different things that I'm involved in. But, speaker, author, consultant, leader, and uh, just want to say, man, what an honor it is to be here uh, with you on your podcast, The Exhausted right. Educator.
0: I appreciate it. Now, now, I'm first things first, congratulations on finding the right leader consistent on all social medias because you know that's impossible to do nowadays because sometimes <laughs> it has to be the real right leader or the right you know some, the right leader number one or whatever the case is so that's congratulations right. that you're able to correlate all those words and everything but you are your own LGBT, your own entity in education you know what is what is your main focus vernon on like what do you do like what do you mostly speak to when it comes to people in education
1: yeah. So a uh, great question, right? I'm, I'm going to kind of be a little, little uh, of a jokester, right? And then we'll kind of be serious about it as well. But, you know, people have asked me that from time to time, what do you do? And my short answer, jokingly, right? I'm giving you all the disclaimer on this up, up front. Uh, <laughs> jokingly, I tell people I change lives. <laughs> so that's what I jokingly <laughs> say, <laughs> all right? Uh, the, the longer answer is really what, and, and let me just say this before we get into it, because I'm telling you right now, folks, um, <laughs> there's going to be some good stuff dropped and I can really just feel that. And so um, one of the hashtags I have uh, is the right pro tips. And so there are going to be some right pro tips definitely dropped here today. Um, but one of the things that I do is I really focus on implementing what I call the four key components of a person's personal impact statement. Who am I? Who do I work with? What do we focus on? What are the results of that work? So, of course, speaker, author, consultant, leader, Vernon Wright, that's who I am. Who do I work with? Work with teachers, work with leaders. What do we focus on? We focus on human interactions. Uh, And so, really, that's what we would say would be like culture, okay? And so, all things around culture, uh, some people would say organizational management, what have you right and so looking at those different things and how that is an integral part of everything we do and then saying and really asking ourselves okay so if we get together and we collaborate on looking at what our culture is and how we interact with each other and how that helps us to have great ideas but also too at the base of all of it honor and recognize and value each other's as, hu- as human beings What's going to be the end result? And of course, I know we talked about this before we, you know, started to tape, which was a great conversation and a pre episode conversation. But um, in that dialogue, we talked a little bit about attrition. And I know we're going to get deeper into that as we get into the episode. But when we start to recognize people as individuals, as human beings, not just uh, some box on an org chart or uh what have you when we start to do that people start to feel valued and they start to feel like they belong and I want to say this here real quick I mean we're we're coming out of the gate uh with some great stuff already so if you are ready to take notes this is a great place to go ahead and take notes at of course as we always put out the disclaimer as I do when I go on shows if you're operating heavy machinery you're driving <laughs> Or doing anything like that, please do not try or attempt to take notes. Please wait until later. Replay this when you are in a safe place. Always, always, the right leader says safety first. Okay. Yes. Always. You, you don't want to be first.
0: driving on. The, you don't want to be driving on the highway <laughs> and cause a multi-car accident. Yeah. I was yeah. Listening to the right leader. I needed to take notes.
1: Yes. No. The right leader says if you're doing anything like that. Wait until later when you're at home stationary and you're not involved in any other activities where you can totally focus. Um, But I will go ahead and say that uh, within that, um, people, and I don't want to give the statistics because those statistics are a little bit um, jaded, if you will, potentially jaded or maybe not as relevant as they were years ago, but a high percentage, we'll just say that, right? A high percentage of people were found to leave their jobs, not because of life events. You know, someone had a child, someone, someone decided to stay at home and be a stay-at-home parent or someone got a promotion or uh, other things like that, right? You got a job transfer, needs to move out of state. The majority of people left their jobs, right? Because we're talking about attrition. The majority of people left their jobs because of their immediate supervisor. So, let me just say this here real quick. I, I know we have a variety of different stakeholders and folks that are listening from from different spaces. Uh, I do want to say this, okay? If you are someone that in a formal capacity, is responsible for other people within your sphere of influence within your realm, okay? Um, are there specifics around leadership? Are there specifics? on how we can go ahead and cultivate and nurture and do all these other things? Absolutely. Are there specifics on how to be a better leader, specifically in education? Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you that the number one thing that matters, number one, not number two, not number three, not number 15, not number 24, okay? The number one thing that matters is... That people know, truly know, not mental assent, right? As I'm pointing to my head here, not mental assent, but really in the heart. They know in their hearts, right? And I'm pointing here to to where my heart is uh, in my chest. That they know in their heart that you value them as a human being. Okay? Now, I'm going to say this. And, and people have heard of this in many different spaces before, so certainly Vernon Wright does not take credit for this saying. Uh, I believe that Oprah said it once, but I believe there's some other people may have said it also, too, as well. But I'm going to say this, and this is a great litmus test, again, if you are a leader in a formal position of leadership. But really, to be very honest with you, it works for anyone. For anyone, so you might say, "Wow, Werner, Well, I'm not. No, it works for you as well. And let me also go ahead and throw out a little pro tip here, uh, also too. The right pro tips hashtag the right pro tips. This not only works in our professional lives; it works in our personal lives too. Every single person which is to be wishes to be seen, heard, and understood. So let me go ahead and say that again, because repetition is our friend. Repetition is my friend. Repetition is your friend. Repetition is our friend. Every person desires to be seen, heard, and understood. So I'm going to say this, and I know we'll, we'll talk about this more here in a second. If you're in a situation where you're saying to yourself, you know what, Vernon, I, I don't want to say anything out publicly to anyone, but, you know, I'm sitting here listening to this podcast and let me just go ahead and say this to you here real quick. If you're tuned into this podcast, it's no accident that you're here. Okay. There's no accident. It's no coincidence. However it lined up, it's no accident that you're here. Welcome. And thank you for investing your time. And when people invest their time to listen to a podcast, especially one that I'm on, we want to make sure that we deliver the goods. Okay, so here's a quick litmus test for you, a quick pro tip Uh, again, especially if you're a leader. But also, too, I want to say this for people in their personal lives, for the people that you feel are the most important folks to you. And typically when I do different speaking engagements, I know obviously this is not one, but you know, I'll ask sometimes people to go ahead and pull out their phone and take a look at their call log and go ahead and look at the five people that they've contacted the most, whether that's through text or whether that's through voice, through phone calls. And when they look at those top five folks, for them to ask themselves, have I seen that person? Have I made that person feel valued? have i made that person feel like i've heard them uh, have i made that person feel like i've i understand them and i have understood them seen heard and understood let me say that again because repetition is our friend seen heard and understood so here's the quick litmus test go through your list of those folks those five folks Uh, now let's go back over into the professional and typically, and of course, this is being recorded during the springtime. Typically in the education business, the springtime is when people start looking forward beyond the summer into the fall of the next school year and they start looking at staffing. Okay. What are their projections? Who's, who's moving on? Who's staying? All of that kind of good talk, talk, right? I've been through that multiple years. One of the first things to think about, and really the first place that I start at and have started at in years past, has been this Do those people feel seen? Do they feel heard? Do they feel understood? And so, if people don't feel like they've been seen, they don't feel like they've been heard, and they don't feel like they've been understood, you very likely might have an attrition issue on your hands so right there we could of course we're not going to but we could just shut off the podcast right now just in the episode right now (laughs) right and uh and just say hey you you get it right there the three things right there for you to take and for you to implement literally as soon as this podcast is over i'm talking about literally and i'll throw this in as well during different speaking engagements over the years, what I have asked people to do is, you know, they pull out their phone, they look at the top five. Okay. They look at the top five folks. Yeah. Vernon. I got my, I've got my top five folks. I'm ready to go. Right. And what I tell them to do is I tell them, you know, just pick one person, one out of the five and send them a quick text and tell them, I'm so grateful that you're in my life. Okay. If that's someone in your personal circle, if it's someone in your professional circle, okay, that someone you supervise, you can just send a quick text message and say, thank you for everything that you have done to contribute to the success of the team. Thank you for everything you've done to contribute to the success of the team. One more time. Thank you for everything you've done to contribute to the success of the team. Okay. Okay. So I've given you an example of how you can use that in your personal life. I've also given you an example of how you can use that in your professional life. Well, why would you recommend that, Vernon? Here's the reason why. Because people need to know that they're appreciated. Well, they should know, Vernon. I mean, I, I buy them cookies. I buy pizza. I, I bring donuts on Fridays. You know, I, we have... Friday, Jean Jean, day, Day, right? Yeah. We have jeans day. I mean, we do all of this cool neat stuff, right? Um, you know, I buy them a Sonic drink or what have you. Right. And so I'm not against that. I'm not against that. Now for some people that that's a really huge motivator. Uh, food is not a motivator for me, right? Every person's a little different food's not a motivator for me. Jeans days are not motivators for me. Okay. Now, this of course, that's not the subject of this podcast, but um, many, many, many moons ago when I was writing my master's thesis, uh, one of the books that I leveraged in that master's thesis and I cited in that master's thesis was the book Drive by Daniel Pink, one of my all-time favorite books, folks, one of my all-time favorite books, Drive, as in drive a car. D-R-I-V-E, Drive by Daniel Pink. As well, one of my other all-time favorites is The Five Levels of Leadership by the phenomenal, internationally known, worldwide guru, John C. Maxwell, on leadership. But going back to Drive, he, he talks a lot about, Daniel Pink does within the book, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Okay? So the sonic drink, the food, the pizza, the cookies, and the jeans days, and you know, you have the teacher appreciation week, and all those different things. That's great. I think that's nice. I think that's wonderful. Okay, but let me go ahead and ask you, folks. Both for those that that would say, you know, Vernon, I'm not in a formal leadership position. I'm a teacher. But then also, too, on the other side of that, for those that are in for, that are in currently formal leaders leadership positions. Or a rhetorical question, one for you to evaluate. OK, because your answer may be on either side. Has that practice averted? Has that practice removed the possibility of attrition for that teacher? OK, so I just so I put that rhetorical question out there. Now, you you may say, you know what, Vernon? Man, I, I was, I, I right, and we'll be off. Is it okay if we be authentic here on the episode? I don't want to get it. Yeah. Uh, oh, any, okay. I don't want to break any episode rules here. Oh, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you may have someone that says, you know what, Vernon, um, I was getting ready to get up and straight leave this place, and they brought in a cookie yesterday, and I was, I'm, I'm good. I'm staying. <laughs> okay. So you might, you might have, you might have that happen. You might say, that applies to me, Vernon. I don't put that out. You know, I don't say that 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 uh, that could not happen. That cannot be the case. That might be your situation. That might be your story. You know, you might be one of those folks where you're in an attrition situation and you're evaluating all of your options. You haven't maybe necessarily said anything to anybody, but you're evaluating all of your options behind the scenes. And someone comes in with a Krispy Kreme donut, and you say, "You know what? Hey, I'll stay." Okay, but then you have someone else. That they're evaluating all of their options and somebody comes in with a Krispy Kreme donut and that person could care less about a Krispy Kreme donut, a cookie, a Sonic drink, insert whatever someone could do is extrinsic motivation. So if you're a leader, I want you to think about this, a leader professionally, but then all of us listening to this podcast, we're leaders in our lives, right? Uh, We're all leaders of self. And then, of course, we're leaders of others and our personalized. We're all that. But the first thing we're called to be is a leader of self. So we're all leaders listening to this podcast. But it's really to think about this question. What motivates me? But then also, too, what motivates someone else? Now, here's a great place to take notes if you haven't taken notes already, because we're really talking about attrition. Because when you think about attrition, folks, that's where someone has gotten to the point for whatever reason, whatever the reasons are, folks. I, I, you know, we we could be sitting here for two or three hours trying to go through all of the different iterations and variations of of all of the uh, reasons why someone could be leaving. Right? I mean, we could have some. Uh, it reminds me from the biolo- biology uh, days, uh, Punnett square. Right, We could have this huge matrix of all of these different iterations and possibilities. But the thing to think about is this. Someone has gotten to that point to where they have actually evaluated another option other than where they are. Whatever it is, they are at that point. Okay. Now, not only does this work professionally, and I've coached a lot of people, uh, leaders over the years, but it also works Personally, and your personal lives, okay? And our personal lives, I should say. So once someone gets to the point where they have considered other options, you have to stop and ask yourself, what's most important to this person? What's most important to this person? What's most important to me? Is there a place where what's most important to this person and what's most important to me, is there a place where these two things converge? If there's a place where these two things converge, the leader needs to speak to that as quickly and as authentically as possible. And here's the reason why, folks. Because if you don't speak to what's important to someone else and do that in an authentic way, this is not just one of those checkbox activities, folks. where you said, well, you know Vernon, i I went over there and I said, "Hey, tell me what's important to you." and uh, and I told him that that's important to me, and then I checked the box and I'm good. We're good, right? Vernon, we're we're good now, right? The person's not gonna leave. We're attrition averted. No, we're not good, okay? Because a person needs to know that you are committed in the long term for what's important to them. And, and I don't want to get too deep esoterically, but I'm going to give out an example that I've given out in other speaking engagements over the years. How many of us know, whether you're in education or not, you've had a boss, you've had a leader, someone you worked for, and they went to another school, you followed them. They went to another school district. You followed them. Even if it meant that your your commute and your drive was longer, they got out and went to another sector of business and you followed them. Uh-huh. Now, why would someone do that? Okay, that's the rhetorical question for everyone listening. Well, the point there is, and this ties over into the other book that I just referenced a few moments ago, one of my all time favorite books, John C. Maxwell the five levels of leadership. If you've not read that book or listened to that book, I have it on audiobook as well, as well as the physical paperback book. You need to get that like ASAP right now. Of course, after 100 no nonsense things, which we've talked about before, but, but uh, just throw that out there for you folks. If you're saying, if we're going to have any reading or audiobook recommendations on this episode there, we just, we just strapped you some pro tips there on that. But, it gets into that leader, that person being a level five leader. And I, I'm not going to spoil the book for you, folks. And I want to be the, the 2022 Cliff Notes version. Uh, <laughs> right. But I will share this with you about that book. Once a person makes it to level five as a leader. When that leader goes to this other person and says, hey, I'm going to leave, I'm going to XYZ campus, I'm going to XYZ district, uh, I'm going to XYZ sector, I'm, I'm totally getting out of this business that we're in now, and I'm going to another business. I just wanted to share that with you because you've been so important to me. You've helped me so, so many times along their journey, my journey of leadership. Would you like to go with me? Would you be interested in? Is that something that might interest? Before the person even finishes asking, that's the leader, folks, that's transitioning. If they're a level five person for that person that works for them, typically, I don't want to say all the time because there may be some exceptions. Because you have family and other things like that, other factors. But typically what that person is going to say to them that is being led by them is before you finished asking the question, my answer was yes. My answer was yes. So what that really leads us to is it leads us to this thing, this word, right? And I'm going to tell you what the word is here in a second. About a year ago, uh, of course, I'm here in the Dallas 4th area in Texas, and we have a major, major, major military base about three, three and a half hours from here called Fort Hood. Some of you may have heard of Fort Hood. Some of you may be familiar with that. Some of you listening to this podcast may have even served or been at Fort Hood, that installation, that post. It is an Army post. Uh, if you've done anything with armored vehicles, uh, there are some very, very good chances you've spent some time at Fort Hood. And I was down there, privileged uh, to be down there uh, about a year ago, and was speaking with a group of civilian leaders, because of course, you know, uh, typically at um, military installations and military posts, you have um, military leaders, and you also have civilian leaders. And so I was talking to these civilian leaders, and I, I, I asked them, I said, you know, what and, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit in the interest of time. What's the greatest tool that a leader has? Just kind of asked them that question. I kind of threw it out. And so, you know, you may have just heard that question and you may be wondering, oh, wow. Well, well, Vernon, what is the most powerful tool that a leader has? You may be wondering yourself. So I kind of gave them an opportunity to think about it, kind of talk about it and amongst themselves and kind of compare notes. And then I told them this, and this is a great place to take notes. Great place, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you all so much for investing your time with us. Our goal and I desire certainly is to make the investment of time worth it for you by the different pro tips that we drop. So grateful and honored to be here with you and to be learning with you. The greatest tool that a leader has is influence. Let me say that one again because repetition is our friend. The greatest tool that a leader has is influence, because I'm going to say this again, another great place to take notes. The pro tips are dropping, folks. it's, It's flowing. It's on, as they would say. If someone has influence with you, they have a voice in your life. Let me say that again. If someone has influence with you, they have a voice in your life. So I wonder, I wonder, Again, a rhetorical question. Just kind of put it out there. What causes people to follow leaders? And it could be no longer drive. It could even mean maybe a slight decrease in pay. What what causes people to do that? So in other words, it has to be something beyond the extrinsic. Because if it were based totally on the extrinsic, the person would say every single time, uh, I'm going for the shorter drive. I wish you the best. Have great success. Thank you for everything you've done in my life. They'd go for the shorter drive. But a lot of times it doesn't happen that way, which means that if it's not extrinsic, how many of you know if it's not one thing, we flip the coin over and there's another side to the coin. One of my longtime mentors has said that for years, they're two sides to a coin. So if we flip it over and it's not extrinsic, it must be intrinsic. And then again, that goes to the five levels of leadership, which is the influence. And if you have influence, you have a voice in someone's life. Now, another quick litmus test, great place to take notes again. If you're operating heavy machinery, driving, or doing anything like that, please do not attempt to go ahead and take any notes right now. Please come back to this later when you are totally 100% sedentary at your dwelling at your home, okay? If a person has influence with you, and we talked about pulling out your phone and looking at the top five people that you contact, whether that is by text or whether that is by voice. So here's what I want you to do. You can go ahead and look at that list of five folks again. Uh, I remember for those of us that are a little more classic and seasoned, uh, I remember cell phone companies back in the day saying your top five, you had unlimited minutes and unlimited text with your top five folks. And so I'm always <laughs> kind of reminded of that when, when I go through and I do this exercise with folks, quick litmus test. I want you to go ahead and look at those top five folks. And I want you to simply ask yourself, do these people have influence with me? Do I have influence with these people? I want you to ask it in both directions. Do they have influence with me? And then the other direction, do I have influence with them? And I'm going to tell you this, that if your answer to any degree is yes on either side of that, that means that you have a voice in their life and they have a voice in your life. Well, what does that mean if someone has a voice in your life, Vernon? We're listening to people all of the time. Absolutely, we're listening to people all the time. But here's the difference. If a group of people come along and they tell you that the sky is yellow, okay? And this person that has influence and with you and this person that has a voice in your life tells you, yeah, I think it's more light blue than yellow. You're going to stop and listen to that person that tells you it's light blue because that person has influence with you. That person has a voice in your life. But let me go ahead and say this to go even deeper, folks, because I've had a lot of people that I've coached over the years say, you know, Vernon, I want to have a lot of influence with people. Okay, sure. That's great. And so this is, I tell them a couple of things. I'll share a couple of those things here with you, uh, with your audience here now. One of the things I ask folks is this, do they see you as trustworthy? And I'm going to tell you this, folks, in order for you to have legit, substantive, yes, I said substantive there, legit, substantive, authentic influence with someone, they have to see you as trustworthy. If they don't see you as trustworthy, folks, it's this is all perfunctory. It's this is just a checkbox activity. If they do not see you as trustworthy, you know, um, I was within a group of leaders some time ago. This has been many, many moons ago, but, you know, you had some folks saying, well, I have very high standards for people and I expect for them to do this and I expect this of people and I expect that and I, you know, there's a lot of conversation around that. How do, in other words, how do we get people to perform at a higher level? And so, you know, a lot of different people were offering a lot of different things and, you know, uh, one of the things that I asked was simply this, a rhetorical question. And I'll go ahead and give a paraphrase that rhetorical question with you all now, and it's simply this. Of those people that we're talking about or we're focusing on and wanting them to perform at a higher level, do they trust us? Do they see us as trustworthy? Because if people do not see you as trustworthy... Once again, I'm going to say everything else that we're talking about here on this episode is perfunctory. It's really a checkbox activity. The second thing that I'm going to go ahead and share, and then I will kindly go on mute because I've been talking for a while here. Um, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, is secondly, this. And I was just on a podcast with Mr. My Tech Life, a great guy, Fonz, phenomenal guy. If you missed that episode, um, just go ahead and go to the rightleader.com and you'll see some previews. And then there will be a link to, to the full episode as well where you can connect with that. But one of the things that I shared with him on that podcast that I've shared with leaders uh, in group settings and also coaching leaders one on one over the years simply is this because leaders come to me and say, Well, you know what, Vernon, I, I want the people that I lead to have more confidence in me. So the first question I ask them is simply this When is the last time that you demonstrated competence? Because if you want someone to have great confidence in you, have you demonstrated great competence? That doesn't mean that you have to know everything. Certainly no one knows everything. I know certainly I don't. I'm a lifelong learner, very proud to be a lifelong learner, very committed to that, as everyone listening to this podcast should be, regardless of their level of achievement, because we're always learning. All of us are. No one knows everything. But. If you've never demonstrated competence, and I'm going to ask a deep question. Again, great place to take notes. A rhetorical question. If you've never demonstrated competence, have you ever given someone a reason to have confidence in you? If you've never demonstrated competence, have you given someone a reason to have confidence In you, okay. So that was a lot. I know I've shared a ton. Uh, I am now going on mute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, you could have, dude. You could have kept going. That's fine. That's it's all right with me. But here's, I mean, Vernon, thank you so much. I mean, that's that's that is something that I think a lot of us need to hear, and if, if haven't heard already, need to hear now. But my last and final question for you is, I think is is an important one. You are and you know, you are LLC, your own LLC, you coach leaders, you are a leader and everything else. If I was a teacher, well, I am a teacher, but if I was a teacher and I was coming to you as my school leader and I'm telling you, Mr. Wright, I just, I ain't feeling it anymore. I just, I, I, I can't do it. I just, it's, I, I don't want to go but I'm looking to go, what could you tell me or what can you coach me into? Like, like, what would you say? Like that, I think that would be the word. What would you say?
1: Phenomenal question. And, um, and I so appreciate you asking that question because it allows me the opportunity to kind of go back way back as they would say, kind of a throwback many, many moons ago, to when I was an administrative intern. So back in those days, I was uh, still teaching full-time. I was at what we call, uh, down where I live in Texas, we call that a teacher leader. So I was still in the classroom, but I was kind of doing some leadership things from a teacher position. But then I started going to graduate school as well. And down here in Texas, the graduate school program that I was in at the time, again, many, many moons ago, was for an administrative um, degree. Right. Administrative certification. So my formal master's degree is in um, leadership. So quick shout out to American College of Education, ace.edu, ace.edu and uh, go there and you might see somebody on the front cover that you recognize on the front page. But anyway, ace.edu. And so I was, um, you know, an emerging leader back then, just a brand new leader as an administrative intern. And so one of the things that I really learned was that we're in the people business. And I shared this a couple of days ago on the Lead Like a Pirate chat. Uh, Great folks uh, over there, Dave and Shelley Burgess. Um, Thank you to you guys over there. Beth Huff as well, Jay Billy, those guys that are involved there from the leadership standpoint. But I mentioned this a couple of days in that chat, which I had been on a podcast before, Uh, with my good friend Brent out of California. He used to be in campus leadership. Now he's in district leadership, but simply that we're in the people business. And I'm going to share a quick story and then I'll come back around to what you asked. I remember being um, a a young leader. I, I had been in campus leadership for maybe two years, maybe. Okay. And I remember walking down a hallway, this was a fairly big school at the time for, for that grade level, I don't want to get into too many specifics because I don't want to identify the school or the place or the district, but about 1,300 students. So I'm walking down the hallway and a teacher comes up to me and she says, Mr. Wright, Mr. Wright, I got to talk to you right now. And I could tell that she was very flustered and she was very frantic about something. And I said, okay, yeah, sure. What what's What's the situation? What's going on? And she said, I've just gotten a phone call from from my child's school, and my child is sick, and this is going on with my child, and that's going on with my child. And they said that they need for me to come to the school right now. And I said, okay. And... Person, this teacher looked at me and and she said, "I I I don't have sub plans. It's too late in the day to get a sub, and uh, I don't know what the kids are going to do, and I and I'm just I I don't know what it's going to be." And folks, I want you to listen to me so very closely when I tell you this. Those are the moments when there's nothing. <laughs> In a procedure book, there's no local policy, board policy, state policy, federal policy that can truly guide you 100% all of the way through in that instance. But the thing that can guide you all the way through is your heart and listening to God. And people that know me closely know that I am a father one of the best things that ever could have happened in my life, a proud father. And in that moment, I was not just Vernon Wright, the administrator, part of the campus administration team. I was back then many, many years ago, I was Vernon Wright, the dad. In standing in that hallway, we could all get in my car. I could take you to where that school is. I could take you to the very specific spot In that hallway, how many of you know there are things that happen in your life that you never forget? Never. And I could take you to that spot where she was almost in tears, Silas. And after she told me everything, I simply looked at her, Silas, and I said, these two things. Number one, I said, go. Her response was, but Mr. Wright, I don't have sub plans. I don't have, I don't know who's going to watch the kids and who's going to. And I repeated and I said, go. And then I said a second thing, which is this. We'll take care of it. I said those two things, folks. And you, you may have just experienced a situation similar to this. Every situation is a little different. But given the context of that situation, I wasn't just Vernon Wright, the administrator. I was Vernon Wright, the dad. And if I had ever gotten a call like that, while well, my daughter was that age, the only thing I would have wanted to hear from my bosses back then was, Vernon, go. Not, well, you know, you can go after you turn in this or you can go in after you uh, find someone to cover this or someone to do, no, Go. And so I want to come back around to really the question that you asked because this was really a segue into that. I said before a few moments ago, and I'm going to say it again, that we're in the people business. And some of the attrition that will happen here in the spring, here in the summer, and here in the fall, some of the attrition that will happen, folks, and I'm just going to be very authentic with you all, very authentic you might need to brace yourself a little bit. Some of the attrition that's going to happen is not because the curriculum was not what it should have been. Some of the attrition that's going to happen is not because there was a shortage of technology. Some of the attrition that's going to happen was not because the school lunches weren't really tasty. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Right? Just putting it out there.
0: There it is, you know, there, there, that's the issue.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Some of the attrition that is going to happen is because now I'm not saying that it's true before I even tell you the reason why I'm saying their perception. Some of the attrition that's going to happen is because people feel like someone else did not recognize them as a human. What do you mean by that, Vernon? In other words, you're a teacher. Your job here is to teach, which is totally the antithesis of anything that I'm ever about and have been about, the total antithesis of what I'm about as a human being. So that's why I didn't tell that teacher, well, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do that. No, the number one thing in that moment, folks, was she wasn't a teacher. The number one thing in that moment was that she was a mom. And I want to go back to job changing and say this again with the attrition piece. The number one thing I would ask (laughs) And and I chuckle to myself because I have asked this question many, many years in many different places. I've asked this question of teachers. I've asked this question of administrators. I've asked this question of people in food service. I've asked this question of people in transportation. I've asked this question of custodians. I've asked this question of anyone over the many years that I could ask this question to. And again, this is a great place to take notes. And it's what I would ask that teacher that would come to me and say, you know what, Vernon, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, I just don't know about this anymore. And I would simply ask them this question. Great place again to take notes. Great place again to take notes. What is it that you're working on right now that you're absolutely passionate about? Let me repeat that again because repetition is your friend. What is it right now, right now? Not next week, not two months from now, not uh, uh, five months ago, 10 years ago. Right now, this second, what is it that you're working on that you're absolutely passionate about? Wow, Vernon, I've, I've never really heard anyone ask a question like that before. Within the context of a podcast like this, this is a little bit different. I'm going to tell you something that um, uh, you know, I found out over the years. And I give God the glory for showing me the insight on it. We sometimes think about the science of leadership, but we forget the art. And the art part is really connecting with human beings. Well, Vernon, why would you ask that question? Well, I'll get to that in a second. I will tell you that when I've asked that question over the years, I've caught a lot of people off guard. And they've looked at me and I've even had some people kind of jokingly have jokingly say, well, you know, Vernon, you, you is this a joke? Are you kidding me? Is this a uh, is this candy camera? Like somebody's going to come from around the corner and say you're on Candy Camera, or, or you know, for those that might be a little bit, a little bit uh, 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 hipper, if you will, that maybe watched back in the day the TV show Punked, you've been Punked, or you know, or anything like that. So this is not an episode of that, right? You may have watched Candy Camera, may have enjoyed it. You may have watched Punked, may have enjoyed that. But this is not an episode of either. And the what I tell teachers when they ask me that, and and I've told, uh, and, and I've had other people in other positions, not just teachers. Kind of ask me that, is this a trick question? Is there something here that I'm not seeing? And when I ask him, you know, why would you ask me that? What what me of them, many, many of them, Silas, over the years that I have asked that question, what many of them have said to me is this, Vernon, Mr. Wright, you're the first person to ever ask me that question. And so I want to say this here right now. If you're a leader, And especially if you are dealing either right now with attrition or you highly anticipate that your late spring, early summer, and fall of 2022 will be deeply involved with attrition. I want you to listen to me ask this question again, and then I want you to go ahead and ask yourself if you've asked the people that you lead this question. What is it right now that you're working on that you're absolutely passionate about? What is it that you're working on right now that you're absolutely passionate about? Why would you ask that question, Vernon? Because whatever a person is passionate about, that's their heart. If you have someone's heart, you have the person. Let me say that again, folks, because you may have missed that. It's about finding out what's important to the person because what's important to the person is part of their heart. And once you have a person's heart, you have the person. Now, we say the same thing with instruction. Capture the kid's heart, right? If the kid is is invested, if the kid gives us their heart, then then in other words, they're giving us their mind as well. So it's one of these places where we ask, okay, if that kind of works for the kids, doesn't that kind of work for adults too? So, the number one thing, if you're a leader right now, that I want you to ask yourself is do, and I want you to, do some of you have a formal roster of everyone under your leadership. And I just want you to, to yourself, maybe this is something you go through yourself and then you sit down with your leadership team and you all go through a roster, your campus roster has a private conversation. But I want you to ask yourself do I know what's important to these individuals? I'm not just talking about uh, they like sugar cookies or they like uh, chocolate glazed um, uh, donuts, okay? Krispy Kreme. I'm not saying that, folks. I'm talking about deeper. What drives them? And that really kind of brings us back to the original part of where we started out with one of the things, which is Drive, the book by Daniel Pink. And so once I started to understand in that hallway going back many years ago that that situation, what that situation was that that teacher was going through, and not just what it was in real time, but what it meant over time, I will tell you this. From that point on, and I just did it as a father. I wasn't doing it to manipulate anyone. I wasn't doing it with some hidden agenda. I just did it as a father. That teacher from that point on, Mr. Wright, whatever it is that, that that you need done, I've got you, Mr. Wright. Well, thank you. You're so kind. The teacher said to me, you know, you took care of me, Mr. Wright. When I really needed it, when I really needed it, you took care of me, and I thank you for that. A very good friend of mine has said this many, many times over the years. He said three words, invest in relationships. Uh, I want to go ahead and kind of ask that or throw that rhetorical question out there. How many of you have invested in relationships that are important in your life? Something to think about. So what I would tell that teacher is once I find out what's important to them, I would let them know this, whether their future was at that place, whether they felt they were called to some other place. I had a supervisor many, many moons ago who said this. He said, I never want to be the administrator that stood in the way of someone else's progress and career and future. And I would tell that person that up front. And then once I found out what was important to them, I I would come back to that and I would simply ask them this question. And this is a great place to take notes. How can we specifically with this verbiage, folks, and I'm going to tell you why this specific verbiage here in a second, that thing that is important to you that you're absolutely passionate about, if it's within an educational realm, how can we honor that? Let me repeat that question again. How can we honor that? Here at this campus, how can we honor that here in this district? How can we honor that here in this region, here in this state, here in this country? How can we honor that thing that you are so passionate about if we can within an educational realm? Because if I am honoring what is important to that person, I'm honoring the person. And I want to say this in a great place to take notes. It's so subtle, but so salient and so significant. Where people are honored, people tend to stay. Let me say that again, folks. Where people are honored, people tend to stay. So your attrition problem might not be life events where somebody had a kid and they decided to stay at home and be a stay-at-home parent, or somebody got a job transfer and they're moving out of state, or or somebody got a promotion to some. It might not be one of those typical life events. Your attrition problem might be a problem around honor, which brings us back to the three things that every person desires as a human being, to be seen, heard, and understood. One more time, to be seen, heard, and understood. But Vernon Wright says this is one of my long-term mentors who said to me over the years, honor. And I want to share this, obviously, as we start to wrap things up. Again, from one of my long-term mentors, simply this: you become what you honor.
0: Man, I, on on the day of Easter, man, amen. I mean, that's that's definitely that's definitely worthwhile for anyone who's in education, who's seeing the cliff and 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 is right on that cliff and looking over the edge and just thinking about it, and you know, just and and administrators and leaders, and not just in education, in in every facet, in every realm. It's so. Worthy. And I appreciate you sharing that with us today. And I think everyone who hears it will, you know, will be, will be affected by it in in, in some way, shape or form. Um, Vernon, where, where can people find you? Where can people find you? social media? I mean, we talk social media, but is there any other aspect or any other things we can share so people can talk with you, you know, connect with you, things of that nature?
1: Absolutely. So privileged and so honored to be here on this podcast, folks. I'm telling you, right now this podcast if you're not a follower if you're not listening if you're not connected get connected asap to this podcast silas is a great guy uh came to know silas of course through the work that he is doing with pushing boundaries uh dr rick and rebecca over there doing great things with pushing boundaries of course Very honored to be one of the contributing authors to that first book that came out, the first book in the 100 series. And so, simply, if people would like to go ahead and and say, you know, Vernon, it was great to hear you. I want to look into your your body of work, see kind of what you've been involved in in the past. Simply, the one catch all place to go to is therightleader.com. Again, the T H E right, W right with a W, the right leader, L E A D E R. Dot com. That is really the one-stop shop that will take you to all of the different places. Uh, if you do want to connect with me across the socials, at sign the right leader across all of the socials, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. Let's get out there. Let's connect. I will say this earlier. We talked about it uh, at the very beginning when we started. Uh, when I got that idea from God, and I don't take that idea of myself, folks, credit for that. That was really a God idea. When I got that idea, uh, I said, well, you know what? Before I register this and before I say anything to anybody about this, anybody, (laughs) uh, let me check Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Let me check each one of the portals to make sure that the right leader is open. And so that happened many, many years ago. And uh, I want to say this. I know this is not a branding episode. Those that were uh, fortunate enough to be in the space, and I was fortunate enough to be with them in the space at TCEA uh, back in February where I did a session just on branding. That is one of the things that I do recommend to folks, and I have coach folks on, is if you do have that unique social handle, uh, make sure it's available on all of the socials before you say anything to anybody, because sometimes people want to scoop stuff up. But uh <laughs> sign the right leader across all the socials. Uh, and then of course, obviously as well, folks, everything that I'm involved in again, the right leader, L-E-A-D-E-R dot com. And what a privilege and an honor to be here with you all. Of course, when you go to the rightleader.com, you'll see um there on that list of different things, the one hundred. Uh, No Nonsense Things. You'll see a link to go ahead and view that on Amazon. So honored to be a part of that uh, project as well. Uh, The first in that 100 series. And then also too on there, something that we were privileged to do uh, back in January, led by Rick and Rebecca, uh, is the PD that we had around the book, the 100 stop series with the phenomenal Matt Miller is our lead open keynote person. And he's such a great guy as well as everyone else involved in that project. And just want to say this folks real quick, as we close, you're listening to this podcast. You're becoming connected with this podcast. You're having said, Vernon, I just happened Quote unquote." I just happen to be listening to this. It, it, someone told me about this. I'm not even familiar with this. I don't even listen to this podcast. I just happen to be listening to this. Let me say this. Whatever way you came to be involved with and come across this podcast and get connected with it, it's no accident. It's no accident. It's no coincidence. I want to say this, and I've shared it with audiences over the years. It is simply your date with destiny. And thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show.
0: Oh, definitely. Vernon, it's it's truly a privilege and an honor. I've seen what you've done and I've seen how many lives you've mm-hmm. changed. So definitely it's it's a privilege and an honor to have you guys. My name is Silas Knowles, the ZB pirate. You can follow me on Twitter, Vernon Wright at the right leader on all major socials. Um, definitely. This is just wow. I mean, this is this is something where if you don't know someone in education that won't be moved or touched or Gain some knowledge by this episode, Um, check and see if they have a pulse because I don't know if they do. I mean, (laughs) they need to you know, check and see if they have a pulse because definitely anyone who's associated with education or just leadership in general, I think will take away a lot from it. So for Vernon, my name is Silas and this is The Exhausted Educators. Please remember teachers, I know you're exhausted. I know you're tired. It's the end of the year, but we still need you for our students. So please keep that in mind. And uh, we'll see you next time. So Vernon, thank you so much. I do appreciate you, sir. Thank you.